This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Lovely. That's that. I am uh, I am actually sans sock. <laughs> Me too. Hiya. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not sans sock. I'm wearing, you know, cheat sock. The socks that hide beneath the shoe. Oh, oh right. you're not. <laughs> I have a little such sort a... of stop at the ankle ones. Yeah, and I don't like, no likey. No. <laughs> you're no likey. I have zero tolerance policy, mm. I'm afraid. What for the, um, what they call the trainer sock? I can't bear them. I yeah. really can't bear them. And it's quite um, England fan in the Crocs. It is, yeah. <laughs> it? It's on. the white slip on trainer. <laughs> Um, I what happened? And I went on a walking holiday uh, this week. We did um, me and my partner Kath and my son Boz and our dog walk sixty nine miles in three days. Wow! And my yeah, it was. I'll be honest with you, it wasn't courage. It was not being able to read a map. Uh. (laughs) So we thought some distances was about. 16 and they turned out to be like 22 and it builds up how did the dog find that length of walk notice all I care about is the dog not your beloved child no the dog probably walked 200 miles because the dog is constantly (laughs) encircling running up (laughs) things chasing squirrels etc etc well done on resisting the temptation when Emily asked how the dog find it um, to, to not say rough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that quick, Al. I'll be straight with you. Um, well, it was um, on the day after the dog um, was like a pyjama case. <laughs> it just didn't oh. move at all. We thought we'd killed it. That was oh, terrible. Okay. But, you know, they don't have as much weight to carry as your, your grown-ups. Yeah. Anyway, it was... Uh, so my, what happened is... Um, <laughs> I'm going to use the term heat rash on breakfast radio. So the ankles are a bit red and swollen, so I thought I'd get let some air to them. But I look a bit like someone who's gesturing towards hipsterdom, which I don't want to do. Well, I'm of the age when someone hasn't got socks on, I immediately think of Miami Vice. Oh, uh, man. And the slightly turned up... um, Sleeve on the jacket. <laughs> I haven't got that. I tend to think of uh, Man United. Do you remember? I remember there was a photograph of them all at a screening that uh, Alex Ferguson had organised. No doubt okay. of Sea Biscuit. Because yeah. I believe is that one of the. That was his favourite film. That's his favourite film, and only film he likes. I think. No, and that's Michael Owen. Well, I know all about that because I, I was at Michael Owen's house this week. Wow. Thank you. You weren't. You didn't go to Michael Owen Road, did you? The road where he <laughs> bought all the terraced houses yeah, for his family. The cul-de-sac, yeah. I didn't go to that, but yeah, I've confirmed all. I know all his films. The eight films. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember he tweeted? He hasn't added to them since, because that was three years ago. He hasn't watched a film since. No, it's brilliant. His daughter was going, why do you hate films? Why won't you watch films? Because he tweeted hashtag hate films. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> it was... Um, the films he's like, seen are Heat... Cool Runnings, Jurassic Park, Rocky, Sea Biscuit. Um, I can't remember the other three. No, but I think you're on so many. You've given us a flavour. 
Now, Sir Alex Ferguson was uh, saying he was defending himself as seen as a football sort of obsessive. And he said, well, um, Arsene Wenger, you know, he, on a Tuesday night, he's watching like Bundesliga on the telly. He said, I've got a much more broader view of the light. He said, my favourite film is Seabiscuit. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's about horse racing. You, you go that far. <laughs> the apple falls that far from the tree, Sir Alex. Anyway, um, I don't know how we got to that. But because I, don't, I was I don't name dropping about going to Michael Owen's house, who I love, by the way. No, now, that's... So. Um, and also, I've always been... I feel that hips, hipsters have um, done serious damage to the British sock manufacturing <laughs> industry. Um, I, I think that's perhaps irreparable. <laughs> so, uh, h- happily, the British moustache wax industry <laughs> has benefited <laughs> from them. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. So, yes, yeah, so I went on a walking holiday. I started off on Monday, me and the family started off in a place called Hawkesbury Upton, which ought to be a character in an Oscar Wilde short story. <laughs> so, so Hawkesbury Upton will be arriving later. Mr Upton. And uh, we walked to a place called Dursley, which apparently is where J.K. Rowling got the name for the Dursley family, or sort of dislikable family oh. that um, Harry oh. lives with. Yeah, she didn't like Dursley much, so she punished that place by uh, naming like the bad well, guys. After yes, her. I'm aware of this, Frank, because someone has tweeted something from uh, some local gazette saying comedy legends spotted in Dursley. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> oh, Frank. Comedy legend. Comedy legend. What I like is spotted in. Yeah, what I like is it makes me sound like King Arthur. Well, yeah. it gets even more Arthur Arthurian. Yes. Because it says, the caption next to the picture of you says, a comedy legend was spotted in Dursley in recent days. Oh, OK. <laughs> in recent days. That made the Gazette. Frank Skinner, surprise staff, customers and residents as he spent the night at the oldie Dursley Hotel oh, yes. whilst wow. walking the Cotswold Way with his wife, sons wow. and dog. Wow! <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> Listen to this. He admired the hospitality. Did you? Did you? <laughs> I did. Warm welcome. Well, I said I admired the hospitality. <laughs> we went out for a takeaway, but they did let us eat it in the breakfast room. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Listen to this. I, I won't go on about this, but it is rather brilliant. He commented on how quaint and friendly Dursley was. I never said quaint. <laughs> I, never, I never spoke to anyone about it. According to the hotel owner, Stavros Antonio, who greeted the comedian and his family, Mr Skinner was said to have been polite, humble and absolute gentleman. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's fabulous. I didn't know Sorry, about that. I have to finish with this. Absolute Gentleman <laughs> is a station that we'll launch in later today. <laughs> Frank, listen to this. Yeah, Sorry. we'll be selling shaving products. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. share this with you. The family went up to their room to freshen up. <laughs> <laughs> and came back down 
to have a walk around town. Wow. wow. Even more walking. Yeah. Not a detail. That's I like that the manager um, of Yaldi Dursley Hotel <laughs> sold his story to the local Gazette. What's his cater for and tell story? <laughs> also, what have you got on Skinner then? Well, he went to his room to freshen up before yeah. coming down for some food. I have to say, of Yaldi Dursley Hotel, which actually has the word ye, literally, I believe ye is a mistake generally that that was um there's an old there's a middle english letter i think it's the thorn Mm. which means the 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 sound but in some uh, of the surviving manuscripts the top was cut off it so it looked like a y Mm. and so um people thought it was ye but it was never ye so as i understand it no one has ever said ye until about about 1850 and people thought oh yeah we'll call it ye olde it's, anyway. li- it's a little quaint I find what about I you never, I would never say quaint <laughs> it's, I mean that is such Hotel a patronising Hotel Stavros Antonio says different uh, good, <laughs> good old Stavros <laughs> I didn't know. Um, they did a, a great bacon and egg sandwich the next day. And a very interesting fact about eggs was given to me by the man who cooked the breakfast, which I will give to you. I will share with with all of you after this. Now, I, I was having breakfast at Ye Olde Dursley Hotel. And and the man said, um, I don't know what's happened with uh, eggs. He said, but when I started uh, cooking, you could do a hard-boiled egg in eight minutes. He said, no, it, it, something's happened. Oh. And I said, he said, it needs more than that now. He said, there's been a distinct change over the last 10 years or so. And I said, do you think it could be like climate change is having an effect on it? And he said, no. So we bl- he said, we blame everything on that. Taking my, you know, <laughs> taking it very... Um, he said, I think something's happened to the e- the egg industry. Oh, that they yeah. take longer to hard boil. Well, this is, this is a... I mean, you heard it here first. This is quite big yeah. news, isn't it? They give the pun, it's breaking news. It is. <laughs> <laughs> very good, Al. But, you know, we're all trying to save on gas and electricity. You can see we're fighting a losing battle if the eggs are taking longer to hard yeah. boil. That's going to end up in the Gazette. Yeah. <laughs> Alongside, can I point out, um, you're just underneath the story, embarrassed man stopped from filling up at Tesco petrol station over little known rule. Oh, OK. Oh. Your stories, we won't, I don't know what that rule was. But what I like, Al, is, <laughs> this is rather awkward. The, There's a terrible photo <laughs> for a start-off of me. It's, it's one of the worst photographs. I consider Frank a very... Attractive man. (laughs) However, However. if you were to judge him solely based on this photo, I think you would come away, you would draw unfortunate conclusions. Mm. It's hard in the walking gear, though, isn't it? (laughs) It's not always so. I went on a walking break this week and and in a hoodie and a a fleece and with my greying beard, we had a day out and I looked like the um, (laughs) Chinese dissident artist Ai Weiwei. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> That's good. 
That's a great looking like. That. <laughs> yes, it's an odd thing. How, how far did you do, Al? Not trying to be competitive. Oh, no, nowhere near as much as you guys. But um, we weren't even using maps. We were just doing little. Um, we were in the Eden Valley. Nice. Yeah. Al, I, I, I really how wish Adam and Eve of you. <laughs> I wish Al was interviewed by, say, sort of Heat magazine. And uh, who's your celeb look like? Yeah, I mean, it would be great, wouldn't it? Ai Weiwei. <laughs> <laughs> and of course mine as you know do you know mine um is it um you used to say that you would become uh, the lady from um birds of a feather yes yeah, so leslie I, joseph yeah when you say yeah that's that ship has sailed oh, okay. i also said brian clough at one point or nigel Clough. nigel clough yeah yes yeah, nigel really clough is a fabulous can i just tell like. you this out underneath <laughs> the headline i will stop going on about this piece in about eight years i was hoping i'd talk you out of this but go on. <laughs> comedy legend spotted in dursley is the headline <laughs> there's then a photograph one of the worst photographs ever taken of frank skinner um, a comedy legend was spotted in Dursley in recent days. I ought to be holding up a number in front of me <laughs> and have my height chart behind me on the wall. That's, that's what I look like. <laughs> Underneath that, Al, as you know, um, online newspapers tend to have sort of, you know, uh, algorithms which deliver targeted ads which they feel mm. are relevant to that particular news story. Do you want to know what the algorithm has thrown up underneath the picture of Frank Skinner? I do. Bristol Care Homes. We are a small group of four high-quality care homes in Bristol. Well, I'm... Um, I, I look forward to my invite. I mean, it's... Yeah. Give us a discount, Frank. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky I got a care homes advert from the local funeral directors. Might have been more apt. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Emily's just giggling now. This is not radio, is it? I'm so sorry. Uh, Can I tell you why, Al? Yeah. It's because of some of the correspondence we've had in relation to comedy legend spotted in Dursley in recent days. <laughs> Gordon Bagwell, it's unfortunate they didn't wake Frank up for this picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe Walsh, we know where you're going to be spotted in five years' time. Imagine a residency. What does that mean? They want you to have a residency, oh, like okay. a Las Vegas residency. That'd be great. Um, we've also had Daydreamer has pointed out, spotted the journalist's name on the piece. It simply says trainee reporter. <laughs> <laughs> you see, what's happened there? It's not a big enough story to go to one of their hotshot journos at the... What's the paper called? Dursley Gazette. Yeah, I believe so. So, um... It's not gone to Ben it's, Bradley. It's, I feel a bit like I've gone for my haircut at the student haircut place. You know where they, they do it cheap because they're learning how to cut hair. Oh, yeah. Who were you expecting to write it? Norman Mailer. <laughs> that would have been yeah. good. We've also had on the subject of eggs, Al, uh, Marie has got in touch to say, I've been wondering about this for years. In the mm -hmm. 70s, a soft-boiled egg was three minutes... Now it needs at least six. Yeah. I, too, want to understand why. Thanks, smiley face. Wow. Have I stumbled upon something? Is it a bit like in the southern hemisphere, the water going down the plug hole? Yeah. Um, Anti-clockwise? Mm. Yeah. 
I'll be honest, if I'd been told we were going to talk about eggs at Easter weekend, this is not how I thought it would play out. <laughs> it never occurred to me are. that it's Easter, but yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> perfect. <laughs> We've also heard from Paul G. You were Gina's brother. <laughs> who are just a little bit. Re, ye and thee. Oh, I bet I've got this wrong. I was really dra... I, I haven't... I did Middle English at Birmingham Polytechnic in about 1980, so I was really dragging back my memory, so I've got it wrong. Uh. Re, ye and thee. Mm. My uh, triplets. It is indeed... <laughs> to do with the thorn letter. Ah, so far so good. So far is so goody, as Christopher Biggins used to say. <laughs> but it's because when the first printed books began appearing in Britain, they were printed in Europe, which didn't have it in their alphabet. Didn't have the thorn. So no. it was replaced with a Y. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was very you close. Were, you were so yeah. close. The point was, we never said ye. No. No. Um, even only Dursley's. Oh, I tell you what, I did. I was ex- genuinely excited. I didn't know existed. William Tyndale, who uh-huh. um, who, who translated the Bible into English at mm. tremendous personal risk, um, ending ultimately in incineration, um, <laughs> has got his own tower. Um, a massive tower which me and Boz climbed to the top of oh. near Stinchcombe and um, was Thorpe Park closed? Yeah. <laughs> well, on your walking holiday you did Daddy, tower climb Daddy yeah. where are we going this weekend everyone else is going to the fair we're climbing the incinerated <laughs> William Tyndale's tower yeah well, it was Are you a bit, my father in disguise? It was a bit like that. But, you know, who wants a blue plaque when you can have a tower? Uh, it was, it's a biggie and it's like high on the hill. You can see it from miles away. I might put up a picture. How long did it take you to climb them? Oh, we were up it like a couple of ferrets into a rabbit hole. <laughs> it was great, though. I, I mean, I'm seriously, I loved it. And if you, you know, you take the statue industry at the moment... Is, I would say was in bust rather than boom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think towers might be the way forward. As a, I'm, I'm hoping for one in Dursley. <laughs> well, as Ultra Magnus <laughs> has pointed out about that photo, yeah, um, it's a bit. They're treating me well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's exactly. Yeah, I've got human shield written all over. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Oh, there's some um, there's some sceptics in our midst, actually. 597, Simon of Sodbury, who's one of our regular correspondents, has, uh, has texted, are the egg conspiracy theorists saying that they've meticulously kept to the same size pots and volume of water for decades? Does that make a difference? If it's boiling? Oh, I see, because uh, you think people have started doing them in bigger saucepans. Yeah, yeah. Suggest it's, it's a lack of trust in the British public. He's yeah. looking for a control group, isn't he? That <laughs> reminds me of when Bruce Forsyth used to start a joke by saying, so I got up this morning, I put, I, 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 I put the kettle on, I got up this morning... And I put the kettle on. So put, as I put the kettle, you think, trust, trust them a bit more, Bruce. Trust them a bit more than that. Um, I, I, think, I think we are onto something. And, um, you know, 
the cynics can have their opinions on boiling eggs as well. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, there's too many too many witnesses now. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. I can only eat my own eggs. That's um. Probably the most terrifying thing I've ever heard. Is it yeah. a quote I from some Arthur C. Clarke dystopian novel? Yeah, it's Jurassic Park. No, I can't. Uh, I, I can't. Some, eggs make me. I know a lot of people have this. I'm a little bit phobic about them. Mm. They turn my stomach a bit. And I can only eat it if I've prepared them. And actually, my best friend Jane, if she prepares eggs, I can eat those. Other than that, I'm out. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't mm. egg out? I wouldn't have your eggs. No offence. No, well, fair enough. (laughs) I have a a totally different version of that. I never cook poached eggs at home, but I eat them out if somebody else is going to go to all that trouble. I'll uh, I'll let a chef do it. Do you remember those things that were actually like poaching pans at the egg sitting? And also, what about the theory that if you put vinegar in the water, the (laughs) egg doesn't spread? Yeah. What's your Mm. worst kind of egg? Preparation-wise. 8, 12, 15, <laughs> that's today's text. It is Easter, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> when you say preparation, you mean actually egg? doing it. What's your worst egg style? Well, I've never managed to scramble. Uh, uh, what? Never. What do you mean that's the easiest one? Exactly. No, an omelette, I just get an omelette. It doesn't, it doesn't sort of omelet, separate up. Ow. An omelette wow. is significantly harder than a scramble. No, but I've worked at the omelette. That was my that was my lockdown skill. I started making omelettes. The scramble oh. requires no work. A lot of I can't went do for a scramble. Bread, but Frank went for omelettes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people learn Spanish guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to uh, lower your sights a bit. My, do you want to know my worst? Go on. You don't sound like that interesting. No, okay. I. Sorry, I got a little bit of a hot cross bond stuck in my tooth. The 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 cross was a, a lot more durable than the rest of the bond, and I'm still I'm still working on the cross. My worst is fried. Oh Ooh. no, that's my favourite. There's always a filmy gloop on the top. No, you got to flick. You got to flick the hot fat on. Oh. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Al, what's your worst egg? Uh. I, I like a lot of eggs. You okay. might be unsurprised to hear. Okay. I ate fried bread the other day, Emily. Do you like them deviled? Uh, I've never had deviled. I don't know what it means, but I've been given a deviled egg. I, does, isn't that when you put a cross on it? What about when you get someone like Wagamama, you get a tea-stained egg? Oh, that's odd. I mean, how, how does that happen? I, um, I went to uh, Mackie D's the other day. And I got... Um, Sorry, the producer has comprehensively lost it, Al, at I, the I, idea of Frank going to Mackie D's. There's a takeaway. <laughs> and when I got back, I'd got, like, uh, cheeseburger chips and a cup of tea, and the tea had leaked into the, 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 the tea, the, the bread... So you got oh, tea yeah. from so, yeah, so I had a tea-stained uh, Big Mac with cheese. <laughs> and it was squidgy with the tea. The tea had made it like... Who buys one. tea from... Oh, I really fancy a cup of tea. I know where I'll go. I'll tell you D's. something. You get better tea from <laughs> Mackey D's than you do from one of London's finest restaurants. That is absolutely a fact. Oh, yeah, but what about Dursley? People in posh restaurants can't make tea. You heard it here first. <laughs> This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.
Anyway, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. We've had a little joke in on the texts. 812 has said, Al says he went out looking like I Weigh Weigh. I hope he did this properly and followed the I Weigh Weigh code. <laughs> That's uh, fair. He should write a book one. called the I Weigh Weigh code, shouldn't he? <laughs> no, I, he should. He doesn't strike me as the type that would... Uh... Who loves a pun. <laughs> no, maybe he doesn't. Maybe. Do you remember when he had those... Um, they were like ceramic... Um, seeds that you had to wade through at Tate Modern and then they found that they were emanating this dust which was killing people. Oh, I thought you were going to say no. M&M's because I so, know you like an M&M. I think oh, they had to, he had to go in with people. the Scotch God. <laughs> Sorry, Al? It can't have been killing people. Well, it was making sure. people <laughs> cough. Oh, OK. I mean, you know, you've got to allow me a bit of embroidery <laughs> yeah, but on a yard. Tate, I mean, it doesn't take much to make people cough at the Tate. Uh, run, running out of quinoa. Yeah, well, they stay into a lot of school medicals there for a start-off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, do you get that, Em? Oh. It's not really a girls' school medical joke. <laughs> <laughs> Boys used to have to cough in the school. I know medical. what the coughing is. All right. It's, okay. No, but I know that from sort of uh, carry-on films. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're an endless source of info. Yeah. yeah. What's but, that rustling, Al? Is that like you've got a? Ba- What's going on? I think it might have been me moving around. Sorry. Oh, me, Al's moving around again. Was he rustling yeah. through a bag? I think it's a theme, by the way, on um, Absolute this week has been the um, temporary clock <laughs> we've got in the studio. Oh, um, I think Dave Berry um, hit social media with it. Basically, no, no anxiety um, amongst the presenters, but. Um, it looks like they haven't paid for the digital clock. And so we've got one that's got all sorts of warnings on it. No grace events remaining is one of them. Which um, Grace Jones should use that on her, on her last... when the gig, Instead of Elvis has left the building, that should go up on the stage. Well, it just instead of the sold out across the tickets... I tell you what it's got a feel of, this clock. You know when you download a free app... And it says, in-app purchases. (laughs) It looks like we need to buy the full clock, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it says, in big red letters, unlicensed version. Now, that does sound a bit more worrying. You have to licence now time. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember what it used to say on the the speaking clock, the time sponsored by Accurist? And I used to think, wow, someone sponsored the time. Oh, the man with the very... It sounded very much like one of my parents. (laughs) He'd been let go from the RSC. Yeah, exactly. He played played Claudius at the RSC in 68 and never... uh, Now he was reduced to the speaking clock and the odd Dalek role. Sorry, Frank. it's, It's a tough business. Sorry. Uh, can I share this with you? We've heard via email from Paul Thomas Walsh. OK. Who I like the sound of. PT, yeah, PTW. He sounds like he might write the great American novel. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who do you like, Saul Bellow, Paul Thomas Walsh? P.T. Yeah. Walsh, he should call himself. Yeah, P.T. Walsh. As in Barnum, I think, was a P.T. as well. Yeah. He was. Hello, Frank, Emily and Alan. 
Last week, Frank spoke about John Travolta <laughs> popping up in Fakenham. Hmm. However, at one point, Frank referred to John Travolta frequenting not a fish restaurant, but rather a fish food restaurant. Now, this perplexed me. Has the culinary world been able to widen the appeal of fish food to such an extent that humans may now eat it? Or is this some new way of articulating the type of food that may be on offer in a restaurant? I thought fish restaurant was the common parlance for such an establishment. Mm. Because it was said with no comment or challenge from the team, I couldn't help but wonder if perhaps Frank, not for the first time, was maybe trying to start a trend with his use of words, Coulston, etc. I... Yours in fish food-based curiosity, Paul Thomas Welsh, but, uh, uh, Paul Thomas Walsh in Berlin. Well, wow, in Berlin. Well, I... Um... Uh, I made a mistake, basically. <laughs> I, I think I reached for seafood restaurant and only got as far as its inhabitants. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't used to think John Travolta got into some tank and they sprinkled above him. He did, he played man from Atlantis. <laughs> the idea of him extending his lips upwards to take that dry stuff off the top and then maybe going to have to take some plankton in. Oh, John, <laughs> where did it all go wrong? Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So after Ye Oldie Dursley Hotel, which um, which I liked, down to earth, staff very lovely, and also had a fantastic bacon and egg sandwich on for the breakfast. Yeah. You know when you have a bacon and egg sandwich, you've got to roll your sleeves up a bit because the mm-hmm. yolk often makes its way down your forearms. Yeah, that's why. That's why I just won't bother with them. Oh, it's fantastic! But it was very different at the next place. Um, for a start off, <laughs> Ye Olde Dursley Hotel, seventy-five quid a night. Uh, Falcon in Painswick, hundred and seventy-five quid a night. So you know, Did you see the difference. With, oh, you could see the difference. You can taste the difference. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's what I believe they call is a foodie place. Oh, all right. You I mean, don't like that, though, do you, generally? No, well, I, you know, I, it was, uh, I had a great burger and chips on the night, but um, they had things like lavender spray on the bedside table to help you to sleep. Oh, nice. oh I know the type. Oh, man, it was fabulous. Like, Probably didn't it. need it if you'd walked 25 miles that day. No, exactly. Out like a light. <laughs> I think they'd seen a picture of me in the Gloucester Gazette and thought I'd probably like <laughs> lavender on my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bristol Care Homes are already preparing that for yeah, you. Yeah, and there was, a, there was an Olbers oil sampler. <laughs> <laughs> um and the, uh, what those muscle relaxant salts on the bath side as well? Oh, that's I mean, oh, it, was a diff- it was a different world. It really was a different world. Mm. But when I had I had poached egg, continuing our mm. Easter egg theme, mm. and what they did was the the toast they'd cut into a circle. Um, I guess with the sort of laser that was um, James Bond was threatened with engulfing. Mm. <laughs> Um, I I don't like to eat at a restaurant where they cut corners. 
Very good. It was like eating, if you can imagine a bread CD. Yes. Circular bread. I don't like that. No, but it's an obviously bean uh, square bread because it had no crusts on it. So I don't know what happened with the spread. Maybe they make a nice bread and butter pudding as a dessert. I don't know. But um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I missed the corners. Uh huh. Mm. Um, Jeff Astle, the great, <laughs> the great West Bromwich Albion player. Uh, I've told you this before, but he had a window cleaning business, and the, the slogan on the van said, "Jeff Astle never misses the corners," which very is good. very, very fine. So yeah, so we went, we went posh for that bit. And speaking of posh, mm. um, this is how David Beckham begins his stories. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you think he ever calls a posh? I bet he does, doesn't he, light-heartedly? I wonder. Oh, yeah. I hope he does. I bet he does. Oh, posh. Oh, don't. That sounds a bit horrible. Anyway, so um, I went also, to... Also, I'm Michael Owen obsessed now. That's my new obsession. Fair enough. I went to see um, The Handmaid's Tale, oh. colon, The Opera. All oh, right. Wow. Did you go with a friend? No, I went on my own. You oh. can't. Uh, you can't always. Uh, I was invited, you know, and it was. We were in, we were in quite a, li- a little room before there was. There was uh, orange juice and fine wines. And uh, orange juice, quite seventies. Yeah, <laughs> who serves that at events now? <laughs> what else did you get? Well, I, I'm always looking for the soft drinks. Obviously. Melon Palmer ham. Uh, what a double act they were. <laughs> Did they do Bake Off? What's that then? Frank Skinner, Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've got a couple of corrections I'd like to deal with. Two? Brief, mm. Go on. Ultra Magnus, oh, yes. regulars. Correctione. Surely scorpions sting as opposed to biting. Frank had oh, referenced God. earlier that his. Okay. <laughs> now, this one, this particular one. Yeah. No, I th- I'm sure it wasn't. His mother in law was bitten by a scorpion, in case you missed that. No, she was stung by one. She was stung. I do apologise. <laughs> uh, whilst on holiday with. With Brian Malko from uh, Placebo. Okay. Can you leave them alone? They're just trying to behave like any other normal family. I wonder if she was uh, given real drugs for that sting. (laughs) I love Sandy Mason. Another correctione. This time, aimed at me. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Never let it be said that I can't take criticism. Uh Oh, okay. What do you mean from now on we can't (laughs) say that? From now on. Me and Alan are always saying it to each other. From this day forward. (laughs) I mean, yeah, carry on as you were... Yeah, what a, film, what a film that was. Correctione, <laughs> 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 oh. Emily. I don't think Travolta was ever Man from Atlantis. No, but... It was. No, it was... Um, Remember? Yes, it was Doffy, is he called? Doffy. Patrick Very Duffy, good. well Patrick done, Frank. No, I tell you where I think that came from is I because know. he had he, he had um, <laughs> lobster bisque, dressed crab and baked lobster. <laughs> I suggested yeah. he might be in training to play the man yeah. from Atlanta because, let's face it, the way to make a film nowadays is not to come up with an original idea. It's to think what, what, what used to be on telly that we can do as a film. 
Yeah. And so there will be a man from Atlantis, will there not? They don't do new things. And it also yeah. gives a star a chance to show off their bod and... What is it that Stephen Sondheim oh. said about the musical, Frank? He said about... He was talking about jukebox musicals when people um, do, like, a, an ABBA musical or a yeah. Queen musical. And yeah. he said, I tried to write musicals <laughs> where people whistle the tunes on the way out, not on the way in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love Stephen. Uh, dear, dear, Stephen. Yeah. Anyway. Dear, dear. Anyway, listen, so I'm at, I'm at the... Um, I'm at the opera... In so I like that I'm saying, dear, dear Stephen Sondheim. Anyway, I'm at the opera. You've changed, Frank. I'm in the royal reception room <laughs> at the English National oh, yeah. Opera, which has got... Oh, so- it's when you're having the orange juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring him down yeah. to her, pal. I got... Uh, so- no, it was quite fancy. Quite fancy, individually bottled with an Italian title, uh, orange juice. Did you get juice. any food? Ooh. There was knots, but I didn't. Sticking my teeth too much. You don't want to go. You don't want to be talking right. to Dame Janet Baker with a not gum shield. <laughs> do, you get, do you get souvenir no. programs? Oh yes. Anyway, Dame Janet Baker. I don't know if if you're aware. It's a very uh, famous opera singer. Mm. Um, I'm daring to say of yesteryear. Okay. And she did a speech, which is great. It's well, she really is opera royalty. Uh, actually, there was a signed picture of Princess Alexandra on the wall as well, who presented West Brom with the FA Cup in 68. Special moment for me. But she talked about, you know, not being in opera anymore. And now um, she talks about the camaraderie, and that was the thing that she missed most of all. And I thought, mm-hmm. this is like one of the queens of opera. And when she speaks about her opera days, she's basically saying, I miss the banter. Which is what footballers always say. Which I kind of love there. And then there was a moment when Dame Janet, the woman who starred as um, Offred in uh, The Handmaid's Tale, was a woman called Kate Lindsay. Brilliant. And she came in in full dress, the bright red robes and all that, quite shocking into the room, just to sort of pay homage to Dame Janet. And they stood talking, and I thought it was a bit like when I met... um, in a Birmingham pub, I bumped into uh, Paul Henry, who played uh, Benny from Crossroads. And um, we spoke, and it, people just, I realised people were just staring in awe, in shock and awe. <laughs> it's a fabulous moment. And a bit like when Mephisto in the film Mephisto shakes yeah. hands with the Nazi commandant. But that's not such a good Absolute uh, radio. analogy. Lee Thomas says the kids are watching Waffle Dog. Are you familiar with that? No. On CBBC. Okay. Oh, is that the thing, uh, Reese? Oh, no, he's with another dog, Reese Stevenson. He's with. um, Another dog. Oh, Hacker. Oh, very good. Uh, A bit of nominative determinism at work. Do you know who provides the dog's voice for Waffle Dog? Nominative I'll let you and Al think about that. Um, Ronnie Barker. Fred Waffle. (laughs) No. Okay. Fido Dido. Rufus Hound. Oh, Oh. very good. Do you remember Fido Dido? You used to have a lot of merch, but I don't know. I only (laughs) one of those rare things. I only knew the merch. I didn't. I didn't know the origin of the merch. Is that a big red dog? I only know the merch. Um. (laughs) Um. Fido Dido got like a crazy um, young Einstein hairstyle. Um, yeah. Was I had a, I had a notepad a Fido Dido, but uh, who was he? 
Who was Fido was Dido, 8, 12, 15? I'm, I, looking, for I, a, I'm looking for in, a biog. In my youth, before I was um, an I Weiwei lookalike, I was actually a Fido Dido lookalike. When Where I was 17, I was like a gangly, sort of scrawny sketch character with spiky hair. Quite is Fido ca- Dido. Is that the cartoon you most looked like as a child when you were younger? Or, um, or the guy from Scooby Doo, I suppose. I was quite Dora the Explorer. Oh, okay. Little bobbed Anna Wintour hair. Yeah. Um, what about you? It's a very good question. Mm. What was it? I think I was sort of Casper, <laughs> slightly translucent and with a stupidly big forehead. Um, Great house, though. But you know, we're all we're all different, <laughs> but friendly. Um, what happened to that? What happened to that characteristic of mine? I, what friendliness? <laughs> yeah, very humble, according to Ye Olde Dursley Hotel. I was, yeah, <laughs> I and was, uh, was it that Winston Churchill said of Clement Attlee? He has a lot uh, to be humble about. <laughs> Frank, I was Clement like, Attlee. Can I just say was famously boring the uh, Labour, yes. the first Labour yes. Prime Minister. And uh, they used to say a thing that um, they were at an event, um, an empty cab turned up and Clement Attlee got out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's cruel. <laughs> did, did great things, though. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Mm. It's quite a sort of... A uh, little bit of shade in that title and other ghosts, I feel. You're yeah, right. Exactly. It's very <laughs> passive-aggressive. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah, not like, not like you know, the menacing, <laughs> uh, the accusatory ghosts like Marley and, and stuff like that. Who, um, yeah, who are... Intimidation is their, uh, their trade, their stocking trade. Do you think they had to do that just to reassure children that ghosts... They were oh. sort of reclaiming the, the ghost, really. Yeah, I think they're, they're probably... And also, they were getting past that thing about why, how, how come their clothes have come back from the dead as well <laughs> by making... I think he's naked, isn't he? He's not naked, oh. Frank. Isn't he naked? Frank, he wears like a white... Frank, he wears like a white sheet thing. Does he? I thought, I thought that was his um, ectoplasm. What, has he... <laughs> or as they say on Easter Saturday... <laughs> Eggtoplasm. Sorry, the oh, producer's God. actually punching me in the back. Okay. So I'm going to have to go. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Frank, you've, uh, you've inadvertently lit up the switchboard with your uh, Fido Dido chat. And that's a real ago. genuine inquiry. I would honestly like to know Fido's um, backstory. Well, Am I calling um, Fido? Several people have texted the show to say um, Fido Dido was the Seven Up drink character. I think he's from an advertising campaign. Oh no! No, I know. By the way, we don't work with Seven Up. No. They've not gifted us Seven Up. I don't even like it much. <laughs> I don't sometimes, mind it. But they sometimes wouldn't... I drink it and call it lemonade. That's yes, how I am. Yes, it. indeed. <laughs> In fact, oh. funnily enough, when we were at the Falcon Hotel Pines Week, the, the, the waiter said to Boz, what, we got every drink, what drink do you want? What does he Any say? Any drink you say. And I thought, he's going to say butter beer and that's going to turn the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had butter beer, the Harry. Oh, God, it's, it's really nice. Oh, anyway, he said, good? I really like lemonade. Oh, I and love the guy that. said, we've got seven up. So yeah, everyone's operating on the same theory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
No, you don't really serve. I mean, lemonade, they tend to serve that Eoldi. Probably would have got that in the other hotel. Eoldi Dursley, maybe, yeah. <laughs> you get Eoldi lemonade. From the sort of the petrol pump. You know, when you get the petrol pump pop that oh, comes yeah. out the actual. Uh, and, and served by a lady with an off the shoulder top. If you're lucky. Oh, God. Great days. Gypsy. Great days? Gypsy blouse. What, when you say great days, are you talking about the Middle Ages? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And off, off the shoulder tops, that sort of stuff. Oh. Um, we've also had uh, a cookery tip messaged. Hold on, uh, did we get did we get to the... That was it with Fido Dido. He com- that's what else did you it. want from Fido Dido? <laughs> well, he, he might have arrived. And I think, I think I've given you it. I don't know what else I can do. He might have exactly. arrived at what? seven up via you, you know, know some original and Mrs. Dido. I mean, what is this? Is this the sort of Davro? Exactly. He'll tolerate it, these Jadoon his... people in the Doctor Who are just rhinos who'd have no personality traits whatsoever. That's not true. They're very, very officious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, was he embraced by Seven Up? Did he already exist pre that advertising campaign? I think there's a bit of um, uh, debate there, but I think think a lot of the textings are basically saying he started Ow. with seven, seven up. Oh, okay. let, let me just have a look i'm just going to go and mean... have a look at uh fido dido the origin story was he in that itv series <laughs> seven up he was one of the children <laughs> who, was, who was chosen it was a radical idea at the time that one of the children chosen to follow through life was it was a cartoon <laughs> Just to see how animation affects a child's development. Frank Skinner, Skinner. on Absolute Radio. This is what? What do I say? Frank Skinner on Absolute, Absolute Radio, Radio with Emily so Dean. What do I say? With it, I, I was going to say the Frank Skinner show, but I don't never say that. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on eight twelve fifteen. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Well done. I mean, it sounded a bit red to me. Yeah, it was a bit. It wasn't my best. I've been doing this over a decade. Yeah, it wasn't my best um, housekeeping read-through, but there we go. Let's move along. I'd like to speak to you about Al Pacino. Oh, I bet you would. Uh, He's been in the news all right. He has... uh, He... Jason Momoa, yeah. who's uh, uh, an actor, he's definitely in the um, sort of hench, muscly actor chair, he is. isn't he? And um, unusual um, eyebrows chair. Is oh, he? I didn't know there was one of those. Super raised eyebrow. Oh. Okay. Oh, come on, you must know the eyebrow chair. Healy was surprise. in it, obviously. For... <laughs> oh, very is good. it for big eyebrows? It's for, it's for unusually <laughs> unusual eyebrows. Roger, Roger Moore must have been in the eyebrow oh, acting chair. There you go. Uh, Gallagher, Liam Gallagher. Okay. I'm always, you know, there's always someone sitting in there. Yeah. Momoa's there for me right now. I don't really know Momoa's work. Game of Thrones, you won't know. Oh, I'll tell you what he'll know him for, Al. There's that show, it's a bit like Stingray, Frank. It's like uh, Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Aqu- Aqu- oh, he plays Aquaman. Yeah, I think oh, so, Oh, yeah. of course I know okay. him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's got unusual eyebrows, you're quite right. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, I love Aquaman. Oh, I suddenly anyway, feel he seen. Shared, he shared a picture of, uh, of a celebration that he'd had at dinner 
And Al Pacino is in this picture. Hoo um, <laughs> Do you remember when everybody used to do that as an Al Pacino impression from Scent of a Woman? No. Hoo <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you that was basically all you needed as an Al Pacino impression. Before we get into this, uh, I was talking to a guy who worked a lot with big... He was like a sort of a... I think, anyway, he was involved in films. Yes. And he worked um, on, I think, publicity stuff with a lot of really big, proper, massive Hollywood stars. And he said, without doubt the guy who caused the biggest stir wherever you went with him as you know people desperate for photos and was Pacino he said that wow. seemed to be the the real wow and I mean he'd work with work with them all as they say yeah. right. that surprised me so he's he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of pull Pacino oh yeah, yeah. well he uh He's in this picture, and people have zoomed in on it, as is the way in the uh, in the Smeeds now, mm. the social medias, yeah. and they've found out that he's got a, a Shrek phone case. Isn't that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's not the biggest news in the world, but it's, but it's, the best. it's still worthy of discussion, isn't what it? What I like, Al, is that the event he was at with the Shrek iPhone or, or any other phone case, I think it might have been a Samsung he had, actually, they discovered. Oh, There's a lot of forensic looking... So, um, just to be clear, we're, we're naming every brand. Uh, mm. It was a, in a dinner for celebrated contemporary American art, uh, painter Julian Schnabel. Okay. And he turned up with the Shrek iPhone case. <laughs> <laughs> It's. I mean, there's a, there's a there's a sort of Sherlock Holmes <laughs> unraveling to be done here. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Hal Pacino stole his phone off a twelve-year-old girl or something? <laughs> is that what you're? I that... think. Um, you know, I mentioned shock and awe before. I think it's a sort of shock and awe test because he must be used to people thinking, "Oh man, it's Hal Pacino." Yeah. And I, I think he'll know that he's still held, held in that kind of reverence mm. until someone says, oh, dear, have you got a <laughs> Shrek phone case? Right. So it's a sort of a challenge. I bet no one says to him, um, how come you've got a Shrek phone case? And as long as they know that, you'll know that he's held in high respect. That's my nice. theory. <laughs> Clever. I, um, well, I'll tell you about it after. I've got I've got a, a an item which I think might fall into this category. I mean I don't have the macho image to keep up the Pacino does, but um, I said nothing. I've got a pencil case that turns a few heads. So my pencil case. Um, <laughs> oh my! Is is um, is uh, Britney Spears? No. So it's see-through, so it's got a pink back and then a big face of uh, sweet Britney, period. Right. Are you joking? You no, I'm completely... Got... Yeah, and uh, it was... I, it, it was um, When I interviewed Britney, we got some of her merch in and I just... It caught my eye. That was about 1998. Yeah, it's still, still going strong. I would like one, because, you know, she's had some distinct phases. There was sweet Britney, and then there was shaved Britney. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then um, large drink from McDonald's Britney. Mm. You used oh, to have yeah. a picture of her on her. And then, of course, um, hostage Britney. I, um, I'd like a sort of a shaved Britney pencil case. That would have been... 
Uh, can Brilliant. I tell you, I'm most shocked that you still have a pencil case because oh, no, you're I, not 12. No, but I travel, <laughs> you see, and, and I need, um, obviously, I need my work tools. Well, you say obviously. It's like a chef carrying his knives. I've got to have Al, do you have a pencil case? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't either. Okay. I think you'll find most people don't. I mean, it's adorable. Do you have a protractor and a compass? I've in also there? got. Um, if if I have to, if I'm away longer and I need to go bigger than the Britney, I've got a Tintin uh, pencil case. Yeah. Okay. Maybe okay, go Fido Dido next time. I thought it was the. Yeah. No- I don't know if you can still get the FD merch, <laughs> but um, we'll no. check it out. So um, I think that's what happens. Hasn't he got a free one from somewhere? Do you think? You won't have gone into a, one of those stalls you get on the market. I think he will have gone into one of those shops. He's in Camden Town. Said, do you think someone said, Al, would you like a, a free Shrek iPhone case? And he went, ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, it's a very left-field marketing idea if, if somebody sent... We've got those a new um, Shrek phone cases. What celeb shall we send? What about Al Pacino? He'll be he'll be showing it off. He's a he's a hashtag influencer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a left field uh, marketing suggestion that's paid off. But that's you know right what? up there with the person who sent the sheriff's badge to Janet Jackson before the Super Bowl. <laughs> but you know what? It's paid off. Sometimes you know what it is. It's disruptive. Marketing. Uh, I bet it's. I bet everyone's buying those now. <laughs> Don't you think everyone's getting the uh, the Shrek pen? Maybe. Not, not the Janet Jackson sheriff's badge. Maybe I find just... them hard to keep on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's like a monocle. It's like a breast monocle. He, maybe he just <laughs> identifies with him because he's a little bit gruff. I find Al Pacino. I'd be frightened to approach Al Pacino. Would you? Yeah, I think he might. Yeah, I don't know if he'd be. Would you, Al? I'd be less frightened now. I know that he's got a Shrek phone. That's case. what I mean. It's a, it's very it's clever. It's softening, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, but you see, I don't think he wants. That's my whole point. He doesn't want to lose his menace. It's a bit of a boy named Sue type of a yes. thing. He's, but I like it. I think it shows a confidence. The fact that he can carry around well, yeah, that exactly. Shrek. It's a bit like you liking, you know, the sort of Doctor Who monster things. It makes me feel you've got an innate confidence that you don't feel shame over it. Well, that's... Why would I feel shame after that? <laughs> Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We're talking about um, Al Pacino and his Shrek phone case. <laughs> well, actually, you say that, but 567 has texted Mick in Huddersfield... Yeah. Has said, please do not let Frank escape without revealing the contents of his pencil case. <laughs> he keeps avoiding the question, which I find sinister. I'm not. It's not sinister. It's it's largely see-through, apart from her face on the front. That section is see-through, so you can see. Well, it's pencils. You know, pens of all uh-huh. colours. And eraser. Always a ro- always an eraser. And I like the white on one side and the grey on the other for ink. And a couple of pencil sharpness. Mm-hmm. I think, if I remember so rightly, far. the Britney's got two or three uh, paper clips in it for emergencies. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And there's things like there's a sharpie and there's a highlighter in it as well. 
All right. You know, it's got everything. I've got everything a man could ever need. <laughs> oh, look at Jay, you out with your pencil case. <laughs> what do you think um, Al Pacino sleeps in? A twelve fifteen. Yeah. I would say, great question, Frank Skinner. I can see Al. Mm. I don't. I think he might be a silk, slight Hugh Hefner. A silk pajama. Oh, it's exactly. Maybe a paisley, but <laughs> certainly a silk pajama. It's yeah. got that written all over him. What do you think, Al? I think a Shrek onesie. I think he's, <laughs> he's really into with Shrek. With a hood. A hood with the antennae. <laughs> Can you imagine him answering the door with, hang on a minute? Are, are they antennae on, on Shrek? They're sort of. Are they horns? Oh, are they? They're a bit. Um, they're a bit giraffe, aren't they? They've got that kind of thing going on. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's the thing about Shrek. I don't think Shrek's bad looking, but I, <laughs> well, I tell you what, there's oh. a thing about Shrek. Shrek is a very good example mm. of how Hollywood do ugly, because Hollywood cannot cope with ugly at all. So if anyone, it's remember Ugly Betty. Uh, thing. Oh, yeah. It wasn't ugly. Stunning. By normal standards. No, stunning. And the one that always sticks in my mind is Rocky's wife, Adrian. Who they think oh, if we put her, if we put her hair back and glasses on she'll be ugly. No is one that will be able. To, no one will be able to see that she's beautiful. She is but sister of Frank. Who Francis Ford Coppola's sister. Is that right? There you go. Uh, I believe that's right. If that's wrong, I'm walking. Oh no! Don't say that. <laughs> Promises, promised. But they, you don't get proper ugly uh, people, especially I think the ladies. They don't cast them. Mm. Yeah, it's very unfair. Would you rather have though? Be honest. The teeth are my issue with Shrek because I could have. What I was going to what Go I was going to make is that Fiona, oh, when yeah. she goes green, still yeah. looks pretty nice. <laughs> Right, yeah, obscure crush, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's every it's like, oh, Shrek is great. He still loves her. I you mean, know, she's still okay. You know what I'm saying? I thought mm. Zola Bud was an odd one, Frank. Well, we all have gone, Princess Fiona. I don't yeah. mind Shrek actually. My issue is the teeth. If he could get his teeth fixed, because the green I can live with, the teeth yeah. we're going to have a problem. Yeah, you no, know what I I'm think, like about I teeth. I think uh, the. Uh, I think Shrek, again, is supposed to epitomise <laughs> ugliness. And uh, didn't bother Colleen. Not, not, not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Speaking of the um, strange um, merch, memorabilia, <laughs> accessories, I was talking to a guy... Uh, by the way, I used to have a Pacino poster on my wall. That's just... Can I guess which film, Al? Yeah. Do you want to guess? I don't Scarface. think... I don't think he's a Scarface. Is no, it, it was. Scarface? It was a time... Do you remember I used to wear oh. Hawaiian shirts all the time? And I think it was me trying to prove they were cool. <laughs> oh. Um, no, um, I was talking to a guy at the opera who'd met Placido Domingo. And he said he had a dressing gown on when he met. He met him in his in his dressing room. Loosh. And, when, and the pattern. When he looked at the pattern, yeah. it was over and over again. Um, Placido Domingo's signature. <laughs> I, and I said, "Do you think he bought it like that, or someone? He obviously just didn't go into a shop and say, have you got any? <laughs> can I have a look at your?'" Um, 
Placido Domingo sleepwear range. <laughs> but I wonder if he bought a plain one yeah. and a Sharpie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, enough. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It is a, a lot, lot of work. work it's, it's, you know, but he must have a lot of time waiting when he's not on stage. I oh, might yeah. do another half hour on the dressing gown. Yeah, <laughs> after the tech, after the sound check. Yeah, where's my pencil case? <laughs> I love that you have a pencil case. Oh. Isn't that normal? No. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, We're getting some uh, outside world in. Okay. Ruth Jordan is confirming Shrek doesn't have antennae, Frank. What does Those, he have? Well, okay, hold your high horses <laughs> and you'll find out. Those are his ears. No. I don't Uh-oh. think. I don't think. I think he's got ears, little green ears, and then he's got those as well. Surely. Where are the green ears? If he's, well, he's got ears in the normal side of the head. Can as you get you me up a picture of Shrek? <laughs> Can you get Thank me you. up a, the pa- <laughs> the power of the man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Starry demands. Can you um, <laughs> Google image? Okay, have a look at Shrek. Meantime, while you're doing that. Oh, they might. Um, they might be easier. We've got. <laughs> now I come oh. to look at them. Oh dear. They might. They might be easier. How quickly we've fallen. Yeah. yeah to our such confidence, and a nice waistcoat. Oh, um, strange style icon. Yeah, I think they, they're. I think they nice are. Nice waistcoat. Seems for a call. It's hessian and rough hemmed. Yeah, but it's one of those. Um, it's, it's tied quite... rather than buttoned, which I've always liked. Oh, you like it, that? Yes, you like that Man United uh, mid nineties kit. I like. Oh, I remember that. Remember? That's funny. What I would call a lone ranger. The lone ranger used to t- <laughs> add, add a sort of a t- tie-up shirt instead of a button, and Robin Hood. Yeah, and uh, Brotherhood of Man. The band. Did they have yeah, it? No, you meant for that. Right, Carl McDee. Yeah. Be a nice friend for you. Yeah. You can go and buy drink tea together at your favourite uh, fast food chain. Carl McDee talking about remarkable transformations, as Frank was previously. You were discussing the sort of yeah, but they went they they never really needed transforming, is oh, what yeah. you were saying. When, for example, Ugly Betty. Oh yes. How about? Plain Jane Harris from Neighbours. Good point. Take her glasses off. Best looking woman on earth. I don't remember Plain Jane Plain Harris. Plain Jane super brain. Oh, Prettiest girl in Erinsborough. Oh, okay. Don't you remember Plain Jane? She was absolute stone cold fox. I always yeah. liked um, L. Robinson, I thought was the best. L. Robinson <laughs> was almost exactly. Um, who's, the, who's the woman who was in To Die For? Married Tom Cruise, Kidman, okay. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. She was like an almost exact replica of her. Talk to my neighbours there, eh? But for a bit of bad luck here, a bit of good luck there, things could have been different. Well, I was a Paul Robinson, Stefan Dennis fan, but they, you know, each of his own. Do you remember how she got her name, L. Robinson? No. Her name was Lucinda, and she hated it so much she just used the initial. Okay. Oh. Uh, that'll come in useful someday. Right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the sort of fact. <laughs> you were a you bigger know. fan of Neighbours than I realised. Well, in, the, in those days. Yeah. Gone now, has it gone? It's going. There's a big campaign to, to return it, I believe. Oh, I hate campaigns. I was a massive fan of Neighbours until the bins argument. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. 8-3-4, I'm sorry to rub this in. They are his ears. 
Yes, I, I, I accept. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. wrong. I've been wrong before. I've, I've owned up a few times. See, fish food restaurant. <laughs> but yes, there he is. I take it back. 813 has got in touch. Single sound impersonations is the name of right. the missive. Hey up, you three. Oh. That'd be a good one. That'd be uh, <laughs> Freddie Truman on Indoor League. Hey up. Or sometimes, now then. Oh, it can't be words, though, can No, he it? used to say, did he say, after break, glasses, arrows. I'm that was good. Will uh, Conrad Daniels <laughs> yank himself back into the lead? Because he was American. That was the point. Inspired, right. Oh, very good. Go on. Inspired by Alan's Al Pacino impression. Al? Hoo-wah! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Whatever happened to mm. the phenomena of impersonating celebrities with a single instantly recognisable sound alone. Mm. For example, a semi-operatic wah-wah-wah-wah signified Harry Seacombe. I'm not familiar with that, are either of you? Who would that be? Al? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Did he do that? Okay. A camp was all you needed for Michael Crawford. Mm. <laughs> Very good, Al. That was uh, absolutely what, on the nose. Is so on the nose this morning. <laughs> I can't even. Uh, Kenneth Williams, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Tarbuck, anyone? Ho ho. Very good. <laughs> and Prince Charles was a simple groany sound. <laughs> Al, care That's to? Good. Care That's to, Al? No, you happy with that? That, it's a good. It's a very good point that there were people uh, done without any words yeah, at all. No words necessary. Are there any more you can recall? That's Andy Wood from Bronte Country, West Yorkshire. <laughs> oh, Bronte Country. This is Andy. You're my kind of man. Do you know Andy I, Wood? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, no, but I'll bear it in mind. Well, there was Norman Vaughan. What, was oh, a comedian. It's already gone obscure. I yeah. mean, what, <laughs> how far are you going back? He had three catchphrases, and one of them was... Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I remember His it. other two catchphrases were... Um, I've got one. Dodgy and Elsie Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me. Sometimes he go, Dodgy, Elsie Tanner. Oh, into the... Uh, <laughs> He'd, he'd, throw, he'd put all his eggs in one basket as well. So Easter today, we've gone so Easter. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's a very good... You know, um, one thing that we do on the show is, and we haven't done it this week, no. but we'll do it more post-Easter, is um, go back to subjects where people have contributed during the week because some people are podcast listeners and stuff like that. If you've got any uh, more um, sound-only impressions... Yeah. Um, chuck them in because uh, I, I enjoyed that that was good who was that from again? that was from uh, Bro- he was from Bronte Country do you remember oh, saying it was yes. Andy Wood? of course how mm. can I forget that um, there's probably one for Heathcliff is there? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway um, thank you for listening to us and if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise we'll be back again this time next week happy Easter now get out